Following his release from prison, Mafia capital Dwight the General Manfredi is exiled to Tulsa, Oklahoma, where he builds a new criminal empire with a group of unlikely characters. This episode of Still Holds Up, we're reviewing the first three episodes of Tulsa King, Paramount Plus's new hit TV show starring Sylvester Stallone. We're going to ask ourselves, does Sly Stallone still hold up? Let's get into it. This is USP Canaan, a federal prison in northern Pennsylvania. Definitely not a great choice for a destination wedding. I've subsisted in hell holes like this for the last 25 years. And to keep what's left of my brain from deteriorating, I read some very good literature and wrote some very bad poems and tried to avoid getting shanked for a second time. I remember when I was 17, my father asked what I wanted to be. Would I like to be a barber like him? I laughed in his face. I wanted to be a successful gangster. In retrospect, I asked myself if what I chose was worth 25 years of my life. The answer is no, not 25 seconds. I married this life, and after keeping my mouth shut for all these years, I'm gonna see if it married me back. All right, man. Max, how are we doing? Oh, welcome back. We were a little, we had a little holiday going on. We had Christmas, New Year's. Yep. Yeah. Took a little break, but yep. we're back into it. Excited. Tried to relax with family, which is always, always the best. Yeah, it's always easy. This is one of the best times of the year, right? I had my birthday. I mean, it was very busy. Congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations for surviving another year. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad we're getting into the Tulsa King, you know. Yeah. I'm I'm a huge fan of not only Sylvester Stallone, you know, Rambo, Rocky, all right. that good stuff. Right. Um, but I'm also big on the whole mafia, mafioso kind of media. Yeah, talking to you, it seems like you know a lot about that stuff. I don't know why, but there's something about, you know, from Goodfellas to, you know, to, you know, Godfather sopranos it's just it's very it's compelling media right right and since i was a little kid i was rooted for the bad guys you know i'm a megatron starscream kind of guy you know decepticons i'm 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 into the bad guys i, I root for the bad guys to win you know right. so uh, there's something about you know the, the mafia world that always pulls me in okay and you know when I, I i was recommended this show someone's like you got to check out tulsa king because it's so their quote was, this is the role that was destined for Sylvester Stallone. It's like, he's better at this role than he was in Rocky. I'm like, are you are you serious? Right? I mean, that's a little over the top, in it's, my opinion. It's pretty over the top. Yeah, because, I mean, he wrote Rocky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But after watching the show, you know, he's, what, 75 years old? And it's such an interesting take that you don't see often. Like, what happens to these old mobsters when they come out of prison you know, do, do they, what happens, do they retire? Is there like a, a retirement plan, a gold watch and a trip to Florida for some? Well, it depends. <laughs> Why'd you go to prison? 
You know, did you, depends, I mean, right? in in uh, his case, uh, uh, Stallone's character, Dwight Man, Man Freddie, Freddie, he went general. to he was in jail for twenty five years because he kept his mouth shut. Yeah, for killing for killing a guy in the shot. I mean, I don't think he killed. I think didn't the mob boss guy kill him? Well, let, I don't let, want to ruin or well, the the because they reveal that later on. But right. since we're right now, we're going to talk about the first three episodes. Right. So from this point, we only know it as you know he he obviously took a bullet for the mob boss. Right. And you know in the opening scene, he tells we just listened to that monologue where right. you know he's getting out of prison for keeping his mouth shut, which is one of the rules of engagement when you're in the mafia. You don't talk. Right. So he, and the mafia is built on loyalty and rules, right? So one of the rules and loyalties is you don't talk. So now he's expecting to obviously be rewarded for 25 years. I mean, they took the, you know, big chunk of, of his life, right? Right. Uh, you know, to, and you can see when he, Finishes that monologue we just listened to, and they go and pick him up in like a town car. He's driving through Manhattan, and he realizes how drastically New York has changed. Oh yeah, I mean, I witnessed it, right? Um, coming from New York, I remember what the city was like in the '90s, and then post um, 9/11, all the renovations and things that they've updated, um, and how you know. Giuliani kind of cleaned up the streets kind of thing. And New York has become very, you know, trendy. He, you know, he sees people playing VR, you know, spin classes and, right. and, and everybody on motorized vehicles. So he realizes, and the buildings are, you know, obviously revamped and, and look, you know, more futuristic for yeah. him, his yeah. point of view. So he realizes time has changed. So a lot has been lost in 25 years. Right. So he he's, he goes through there, thinking he's going to a party, but they bring him all the way out to Long Island to a really, you know, fancy neighborhood, big yeah. old house. He, and he and he's questioning who lives there. Yeah, and he thinks he's getting whacked. He's good, going Joe Pesci style. You know what I mean? Yeah, good fellas. Go, good fellas. Yeah, go through the garage door and one in the head. You know, so he's like on pins and needles. You can see the character is extremely nervous. Yeah, and then he he goes in and we're introduced to the mob family that he's a part of. Yeah. Let's play the scene right there where they go into that room and he's got to talk to the mob boss and uh, what's the mob boss Pete? name? Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Pete? Yeah. You, you trying to tell me Pete? We're his brother. <laughs> so yeah, Pete's telling him that there's nothing for him there and he's got to go to Tulsa. So Yeah, it's a banishment. It's a banishment. So let's let's listen to that. Everybody's nervous right now. This is good. Look at him. They're all getting up. You remember my wife, Marie? She divorced me when I went inside. And my daughter, Tina, I haven't talked to her in 18 years. She hates me. I took an oath. And I honored it. I kept my mouth shut for 25 fucking years. Hmm. And now all I got to my name is a few bucks, my suit and mothballs, this watch, and a fucking pinky ring that you gave me. Now, you got the ball to tell me that. <laughs> that after everything I've been through, after everything I've lost, after everything I've done for this family, your family, fuck, there's nothing left for me. Hey! Oh, you don't understand guy. how this fucking works. They told you where the fuck to go. That's it. I don't understand. Listen, I made my bones when you were in fucking you be diapers. Talking. Well, now you're wearing diapers. Boom. Ooh. Ooh. Go to sleep. Night, night. <laughs> 
Oh man, yeah, yeah that was knocked good. them cold. You know, this is a great scene because obviously you get to meet all the characters. And Pete, does Pete remind you of the villain in those Matt that latest Mad Max with um, Tom Hardy? Yeah. Uh, doesn't he look like that guy? The fat, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> add the mask, and it's the same thing because he's wearing the tubes and everything. Sure, but, yeah, okay. W- w- moving on, but the guy he knocks out right there, um, Vincent Piazza. He's he's um, Chicky's top capo, which basically is, you know, Sylvester Stallone's character version for for Chicky, the son of the boss, right? right so yeah, yeah. he's a made man, a capo. He's a lieutenant. That means he can't be touched. You know, if you before you inflict any violence or kill that character you have to get approval from the boss so now so a capo can't punch a capo no that's a that's called a beef so if a capo has another beef with another capo he has to refer to the boss and and get approval before doing anything right but the funny thing is that that actor vincent piazza he was lucky luciano in Boardwalk Empire. Okay. And Lucky Luciano is the basically the father of La Costa Nostra, the version of the mafia that we know today. So the who set up all these rules and the the structure of organized crime that we know today, he played that character in Boardwalk Empire. Really? And uh, and it's obviously the reason they brought him in here was he did a great job at as that character. So one of the writers and actual producers of the show, Terrence Winter, yeah. Is is from Boardwalk Empire and Sopranos. Yeah. So this, he, crea- he created uh, Boardwalk Empire. Oh, look at that. You yeah. see? So there's a lot of, um, you know, this show has a lot of great writers and producers and right. creators who were part of, what do you say, Yellowstone? Well, yeah, you got Tyler Sheridan. So he mm-hmm. created Yellowstone. He created this show as well. Excellent. And you're going to get that when later on the episode, which is very soon when he actually goes to Tulsa, I feel like there's a lot of similarities between Yellowstone and Tulsa. So it's very funny that he knocks him out there because obviously he's breaking the rules. But in my opinion, you know, Vincent shouldn't have, Vince shouldn't have spoken out the way he spoke out because he's, he's a capo. It's really the bosses who's supposed to be. He's like, he's like a Chihuahua capo. Yeah. Where it's, you know, got a lot of bark. Because Sylvester Stallone's character, yeah, because Sylvester Stallone's character has a justifiable beef here. Because when he's he spent twenty five years and didn't say a word, right? Right. He's expecting to the way it works. He's expecting if he's not retiring, he's expecting to get properly compensated in terms of the organization. Either they give him a territory, like they say, everything west of 16th Street is yours, right, to run and operate and obviously earn money off of. Or they give him a specific um, racket, like you say, all gambling is under you. So he's expecting to get one of those two things. And it's completely the opposite. They're like, not only are we not giving you a territory, we're not giving you an industry to run in the mafia. We're sending you to freaking Tulsa, Oklahoma to set up and start anew at 75 freaking years old. Yeah, that's brutal. I would have thought they would have given him some cash. Like, here's a couple hundred thousand dollars for, you know, right covering our butts and going to jail for us to keep your mouth shut. Well, but you remember, you know, the main goal of the mafia is money, cash. And sure. obviously they don't tell you this, but you kind of assume that he obviously was a great earner. 
in the past, right? Well, no, so they, they, they don't tell wanna... you throughout. They, he mentions it a couple of times. You're a yeah. great earner. Yes. Yeah. He so, says it. Yeah, because actually at the end of that scene, they like kick up $5,000 a week, right? So they expect him to be able to like generate enough for himself and to kick up to the boss 5000 Right. And then, you know, once he actually gets to Tulsa, I think he covers that immediately. In, like, Within the half hour? Like, that was kind of outrageous. Like, he's driving with his driver, you know, he just met him up at the airport, Tyson, right? Right. And he pulls up to a weed dispensary, and obviously, he's been away for so long, he doesn't know, right at this point, he doesn't know all the legal rules of legalized weed no i think he kind of has a vague has, understanding he, i feel like when he's been in prison he's been educating himself pretty well on some of the stuff yeah i think a lot of stuff probably because he yeah. seems to know a lot of things well like, later on we see that right when we well get even the, he, there's a there's a scene when he's in the car and he's like being very sarcastic about a smartphone oh yeah, yeah like yeah. oh man i wish if only there was a device that you could <laughs> actually like you know punch up with the yeah. information you need to know and for a split second i don't th- i think he's being serious because he's been in you know in prison for 25 years yeah. there's been no smart there was no smartphones yeah. before then <laughs> was there no no there wasn't i don't know iphone is what 2007 2006 and blackberry yeah but this guy went away in 98 there was That's Blackberries flip, in 98. That was flip phones dominated, no, right? Oh, man. Really? That was full-on keypads. And, um, really? I didn't even so. go check the timelines. <laughs> if anybody even cares that listens to yeah. this, wants to send us a message, go feel but free. But yeah, he, he gets to the dispensary, right? Right. And, you know, obviously it immediately intimidates him as if he was like 35 years old. Yeah, I think he once he, knew, once he saw the dispensary and he knew where he was, I think his, the plan already formed in his oh, head. Yeah. He knew exactly what he was going to do before he walked yeah. in there. He yeah. walks in, acts like he doesn't know anything, yeah. asks a couple questions, checks out the scenery. Yep. You know. Comes back, knocks out the guard with, with a water bottle. With a with a water bottle, <laughs> and the place is ran by a Martin Starr. Oh, I you know he's I loved him in um um that startup show on HBO, Silicon Valley. Silicon Valley. Yeah. He's also in Freaks and Geeks. Uh, yeah, Freaks and Geeks. So he, he's he should, a, he's a solid actor. His approach is yeah. you know that jaded approach is really yeah. good, and it's perfect as Bodie, Bodie. for his character. Where's Bodie? But his real name is like Lawrence Geigerman. Yeah, but Bodie is obviously just a handle to you know right. mystique. But so he basically muscles his way in to you know his business takes twenty percent. The guy has like a half a million dollars in cash in a he's, sa- and he sticks safe. to the twenty percent though. Yeah, he's, he's hey, there's rules. Yeah. Bodie is actually surprised. Like that's yeah. all you're gonna take. It's like tw- what did I say? Twenty percent. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's yeah. a it's it he's he's seen the big picture. Yeah. You know, Dwight the general has the big picture in mind. So instantly he's already earning. He's gotten enough money. He hires the the the, the driver Tyson right off the bat gives him two thousand a week. Then he gives him a wad of cash to go buy a, a what is it a navigator? <laughs> you know, like like he's, yeah, it's a Lincoln navigator. Yeah, he's driving like a, a his mom's car. He's like, you now work for me, and he gives him like all this money to go buy a car. Right, and, and he takes no, him to no, a no, sleazy no. He's, hotel. He's, he's driving a cab first. Yeah, the cab. Yeah, yeah he but comes, it was his he, mom's comes car. he comes back in the mom's car. Oh, when, the next day. Yeah, yeah the next right. day because the dealership yeah. wouldn't sell it to him because he's black. Because he shows right. up with cash yeah. and he thinks he, what do you call him, a crack dealer? A crack dealer. Yeah, so he's like, I mean, oh, I'm not going to sell it to him. Yeah, crack of dealer. course, yeah. you're a crack dealer, bro. <laughs> but either way, I mean. That was a great scene. He goes in there. $50,000 cash, you show up to any place. Any place. They're, they're, they're opening up some, they have some questions to ask. Yeah, yeah. You know, especially after 9-11 and all these um, yeah. the rules nowadays. But That's yes. all right. Dwight goes and he. He handles that. He handles that really easily. And he, again, shows that, you know. Just because he's in a nice suit and he's like 75 years old, a grandpa, he's still 
to be feared and intimidated because he beats the guy up really quickly with like yeah. a, like what the phone cord and chokes him out and is like now you're gonna give it to us for free you know kind of situation. So no, I think he gets it up. Uh, uh, he doesn't get it for free. He gets it um, fully loaded for fully free. Loaded, fully, yeah. the, fully loaded. Yeah, loaded. Yeah. In later scene, he needs a new one. Yeah. He gets that he one. Gets for, for he gets free. that one for free. Yeah. yeah. So uh, right off the bat, he's intimidating and he's obviously setting up setting up shop very quickly. He also finds a bar, right? He goes out to to for dinner, I guess, and it's a cowboy bar later on, right? That night. Yeah, and that cowboy bar. He meets a, a fellow ex-con, and they hit it off. And there's like a bachelorette party, right? <laughs> and this guy, at That's seventy-five right. years old, takes all these women to a strip club, and then he takes off the lead girl to his hotel out of nowhere, right? Yeah, like who does that kind of stuff, man? Sly Stallone does. At seventy-five years old, yeah, bro? Man. yeah, man. The funny thing is the next day yeah. when she uh, realizes how old Stallone is. I think it's the same night, bro. No, it's the, is it? It's the same night. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think they finished having some fun. <laughs> a yeah. romp in, the, in a nicer hotel now. Yeah, but the twist is later on at the end of that episode, yeah. you find out that she's a, a DE. No, what is she? She's, she's ATF. ATF, yeah, yeah. You know, so she she she's she runs out of there finding out that he's like seventy five years old. Right. Off of like I think they use the Kennedy assassination as a reference point. He's like, he's, I was a senior I was in a high senior school. in high school. Oh my goodness, yeah. he's dirt old. So she's realized, oh man, I'm allegedly in my forties and this guy Yeah, I she's just, late forties, yeah. Yeah, so she's going through a divorce and she knocks boots with a seventy five year old. So obviously Sly still got still holds up in that end. <laughs> Slides got game. I still can't help myself. But she goes to work the next day, and in the briefing, FBI says new players in town, and yeah. whose face is on the screen? Sylvester Stallone's General Dwight Manfredi. Yeah. So now she's like, "Oh man, I'm now involved." Because obviously, it's a fireball offense. She's, she's yeah. messing with a known federal criminal. Yeah. So that that obviously lays out a nice, you know. Um, groundwork groundwork for, yeah and that's just the first episode yeah first nice, up, it was a lot of things in there yeah i thought that i thought the first episode was really good laying, laying down the groundwork showing you what kind of character stallone is dwight the general man freddie um it's kind of showing you like his roots where he's coming from and stuff and yeah kind of like his mission i mm -hmm. guess is like i don't know to get to get what he's owed yeah and you can tell that he's gonna not only do that, but he's gonna get then some yeah. when he when he actually hits Tulsa and he actually realizes, oh yeah, this is free game here. You can pretty much do whatever you want. Yeah, and that's what Chicky told him, the yeah. underboss, you know. But I don't think they realized how easy it was gonna be for him. No. I I think it was kind of a like out of sight, out of mind kind of thing. Yeah. And I feel like throughout this show, he's gonna maybe make some moves. Yeah, because, like, f f the first thing I said is, like, wow, he is still, like, loyal to family. They tell him to go, and he complains, but he still goes, right? Right, yeah. And immediately you can see that, one, he is an amazing earner because he instantly, you know, gets connections to, to now get 20% of that business, right? Right. He starts earning right away. Yeah. But the other thing I noticed is that, you know, maybe it was his time in prison and all the literature he was reading, but... Right off the bat, look at who he's already started recruiting as his associates and sh and and soldiers. You know, he gets Tyson, a random you know black kid, to drive for him. He's played. Uh, by the way, he's played by uh, Jay Will. 
Jay Will. Um, yeah. He had, uh, let's see, he was on The Marvelous Miss Maisel. I didn't see that, but I heard it was good. I heard it's good. Yeah. And then he did a guest appearance on the show Evil. Yeah. Yeah, and then you got, then he, you, you're talking about Mitch, you know, Garrett Hedlund. Yeah. Who obviously had, you know, early on success with, you know, he was in Troy, he was in Tron, Legacy, Four Brothers, and he 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 owns the bar that he he was in. He was obviously ex-con, right, yeah. ex-rodeo guy. So he pulls him into his circle immediately, kind of, like they hit it off, right, in that first time in the bar. And, yeah. then, and then he goes into, quote-unquote, business with Bodhi, you know, uh, uh, obviously a weed-toking, you know, you know, nerd kind of situation. So right. he already like put a, a kind of an eclectic group together who, which I don't think he would have done that 25 years in, in the past when he was in New York, you know, because the mafia kind of, they don't usually step out to, you know, people who are not, you know, Italian, especially as, you know, key figures as, you know, soldiers and things like that, mm -hmm. because it's a trust thing. It's a loyalty thing, right? right? You might have associates that might not be in the quote unquote family, like, but those associates are usually like the lawyer, a, a, a drug dealer, a thief, that kind of thing. But he's already associating kind of closely in that very first episode with a group that you normally wouldn't see a capo kind of associating with right, right off the bat. So it really is, I think he's, He's making lemons out of lemonade, lemonade out of lemons, yeah. right? Because that's who he has in Tulsa. He doesn't have the lifelong Sicilian Italian to pull from, so right. he has to pull from the resources there. So, very interesting show. Yeah. Let's uh, get into episode two. Yeah. So now the second episode is actually tied at the center of the universe. Okay. Right. So where we get where we got left off at the end of the first episode, you know, Stacy, who just slept with. The general himself, yep. the night before, is in a briefing at the ATF office and obviously realizes that the guy she just slept with is a former mafioso, you know, convicted felon. Yeah. Dwight, obviously, right? She knows how to pick him, I guess. Uh, <laughs> right? I would love to. I, I can't wait until we meet her ex-husband if they're ever going to bring him in, into, the, yeah. into the fold. So now, Dwight. Uh, is coming up with issues in this modern world where they don't use cash. Right. 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 So Tyson's convincing him, you need to get a debit card. And he also wants to be able to look up his daughter's information. Yeah. That's what starts so it. Can, for, that's what yeah. starts it for him. Yeah. You know, well, he had the issue also where he was trying to send money back. Right. Right. Where, where the, the guy's like, oh, we don't use cash anymore. <laughs> and he's right. like, what the hell is going on in this world? So he needs a debit card. For 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 normal living, like anybody else in the, the yeah, I don't time. carry cash. Yeah, I have, dude. I, they changed the twenties and the hundreds so many times now. I don't even know what they look like, to be honest with you. So anyway, so now they go into a bank to go and you know take care of all that information. Um, but to do that, he's a driver's license, right? Because obviously his driver's license expired because he went to jail in ninety eight. So great scene in there where he does the mobster kind of thing, pays off the lady to expedite his road test which the road test is going to be very critical in the next couple episodes yeah right? i think she says it's going to be like three months yeah and then he gives her some money she's like oh i got an opening uh, next friday how busy is driving in tulsa oklahoma they make it seem like it's new york city not even new york city people don't drive like that in new york they make it seem like it's la la people drive everybody drives here right so anyway he goes and takes this test he forces a guy next to him 
like the paper test. Yeah, that was pretty good. Like if it was me, there's two aspects to this, right? If a 75-year-old old man wants to cheat off of my paper to get his permit, go ahead. And right. then the other aspect, if a guy the size of Sylvester Stallone wants to cheat off my paper, right. go ahead. Right. So both ways... I'm letting him cheat, cheat off it. The guy's holding it like he's, it's the nuclear codes. Like, he's like, what, how dare you look at my paper? Like, right, dude, right. <laughs> about to get, so he gets his permit. They get the the ID. Now he wants to set up a meeting with um, Bodie's supplier because obviously he wants to work out a better deal, right? Right. He's got to show his worth. Yeah. Why is he giving him 20%? Because there's no crime in Tulsa. Yeah. No, no gangs to come in interfere in their turf. So, right. So they work on on setting that up, right? Now, back in New York, Vince, who got knocked out in the first episode, right? He's giving a lot of issues to Chicky, who's the underboss, that why did he allow Dwight? He wants basically to kill Dwight. Yeah. So now- He's walking around, he's got his mouth wired shut. Yeah. (laughs) And he's really pushing back on a lot of drama in in, in this sense, because he basically wants to put a hit out on on Dwight and he wants to follow the rules because again like we talked about earlier you can't touch a made man unless you get permission from the boss the underboss right so Chicky is in a tough spot he wants to do right so he work he calls Dwight to work out a beef and I think it's a hundred grand to solve the problem so yeah then he tells him he's like you know I'll send him a hundred grand in a box you know but if you hear it ticking make sure you don't open it yeah right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so <laughs> that 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 aspect is squashed. Right now, while this is also happening, we 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 got a glimpse of Armand who saw Dwight and Tyson eating ice cream at the mall after he got his driver's license. Right. We don't know who Armand is. That we're, I mean, we gave his name away, but we just see a character. Just he's kind of. Like across in the mall, he notices Sylvester Stallone, Dwight, and he his, he's kind of like he saw a ghost kind of situation. Yeah, he's freaked out. He's freaked out. We don't know why at this point, but he's freaked out. He basically, I guess he calls back to a contact in New York. A great conversation, that little con- situation. He's like, he asked, was that really Dwight in Tulsa, Oklahoma? And the guy's like, yeah, Dwight is in Tulsa, Oklahoma, because he thinks Dwight is coming to kill him, right? So... He even says that. He's like, I know he's here to kill me. And the other guy is like, I have no clue why he's in town. He, he might be just vacationing, right? And then he's like, where do you know where he's located? And the guy goes, how many nice hotels do you have in Tulsa, Oklahoma? Yeah, we got the Mayo. <laughs> yeah. Like, Why'd start there? Yeah, you might start there. And he, he gives he calls him like a Stugatz or something. One of yeah. those nice Italian, like you idiot, figure it out. Yeah. It's you not can, hard. <laughs> you can see the dude's completely freaking out right now. Oh, like, yeah. He thinks he, something he, bad's going to happen. Exactly. He thinks he's there to, to kill him. So he's, he's looking to go on offense instead of defense. Yep, yep. So now, fast forward, Dwight goes to meet the supplier with Bodie and Tyson and they encounter one of the most interesting characters in the show the guy's name is Badface I mean he looks like a six foot two you know shredded Native American who carries a big freaking knife you know like a dude you don't want to mess with especially on Indian soil where he probably do whatever he wants and him and Dwight kick off royally obviously it's a what do you, a, a pissing contest who's tougher they're basically sizing each other up yeah even before the meeting even begins and then we meet the supplier jimmy who comes running out squashes whatever was about to happen right because some harsh words are being said here right between right, the two right. of them 
But I think right off of that, Dwight kind of respects Badface because he kind of measures him up and Badface wasn't going to, isn't intimidated. So he probably is looking at like, wow, that's, that's a guy to kind of. Yeah. He would have given Stallone a run for his money. Oh yeah. He's a big dude. 75 years old. Right. Yeah. And he even mentions that in the meeting with Jimmy, he wants to kind of make amends with Badface because he. Yeah, he's like, when are we going to smoke the peace pipe? Yeah, yeah, right? So this is the first time we're kind of impressed again with Dwight's knowledge of things. Because in the meeting, this is the first time the viewer and Bodie realizes Dwight is not just a, 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 a muscle-bound mafia guy. Well, we already saw that as a viewer. We already yeah. saw that. I think this, this is definitely the first time that Bodie's going to see it. Yeah. And he can, you can tell on his on the look on his face that he's definitely impressed. He's, he's impressed because he, he breaks down the whole operation there um, of, of how it's going and then obviously negotiates a killer deal. Right. After he was told that there's no way to... Exactly. There's, there's not going to be a negotiation. Yeah. And then, then then he breaks down his knowledge of like what that place actually is, yes. what's growing, yep. how big the acreage is. Yeah, everything. And then, you know... The deal he makes, the guy likes it, and everything ends up being wonderful. And then he's enjoying his tapenade. Was it? What, was it a, a marmalade it, or a I thought it was like a honey or something? Wasn't it? Yeah, maybe I don't know. It was. I don't know. Uh, we but, gotta go back and see. But he's eating it, it like, and he's like, "I'm not gonna smoke weed, but I'm gonna enjoy this thing." Right. <laughs> and it's interesting. It's like when he finds out that it's like you know it's, it deeply infused. Jimmy says, <laughs> "Right, right." He looks like he's gonna get pissed off. He starts he giggling. Starts giggling like this shit's fucking great. <laughs> And then the whole scene in the car ride back that is awesome. Is brilliant. Yeah. Like I love that entire conversation. Now, do you think that was improv? We gotta look that up because he is going off on some political topics, some everyday topics that are, you know, good, bad, and ugly. And they're, you know, they're very it's good. It's just like the kind of conversation you have sure. when you're high. It's it brings us back to our elf episode where we were talking about Buddy and that 26-year going on 45-year-old male guy who, who were quote unquote drunk and they're having these deep conversations in the mailroom, right? Right. Weed does that to you, right? Marijuana, THC, all that good stuff makes you really go in depth and profound. But it's a great scene in there and Bodie is having a great time seeing Dwight like this, and so is Tyson, right? Right. So now, I think, or yeah, that I think Dwight now has his debit card, right? And now it's really yeah. He gets back, or right when he gets back to the hotel room, yeah, the yeah. bellhop guy gives him an envelope. Exactly. And it's, it's yeah, and and obviously some of the weed has kind of calmed down. Now he's, you know, we know he mentioned when he met with Pete and Chicky and those the mob guys in New York, he hasn't talked to his daughter in 18 years right right and you know he he goes into one of those online searches mm -hmm. he pays and instantly gets probably you know hacked from these those sites are always shady that, shit, his, that shit freaks me out yeah he put his credit he put the debit card information in on one of these sites to get all the phone numbers of the phone number of his daughter he calls her right right and the husband picks up and you can hear like kids in the background. So obviously he realizes like obviously he knows he got grandkids. Right. And he just wants to, I guess, make amends with the daughter, meet his grandchildren, meet the husband, you know, right. just try to get back into their lives. And she wants nothing to do with it. Right. Yeah. Um and Yeah, er she's definitely hurt, you yeah. know. And you find out later that it was his decision. My, yeah. I don't know if he, he might have said it you know, previously, but it's his decision not to see the daughter, not to see yeah. the wife. 
It wasn't like she stopped seeing him. Exactly. And the scene we're about to play, yeah. you know, you're going to actually, yeah, yeah, I think that's when we actually find out the, it's in the scene. It's in the scene because like earlier in the episode, in one of the film um, parts, he goes to this really cool place in Tulsa. We had to look, we had to look it up to see what was, is it real or fake? It's a, the, they call it the center of the universe. It's a place we have to go. Yeah. So basically, finally, it's, finally, it's, finally got a reason to go to Tulsa. Yeah. Finally got a reason <laughs> to go to Tulsa. It. So it's an, it's an audio anomaly kind of situation where the, the sound that you make echoes back to you like four or five times louder. Yeah. So basically what you say doesn't carry out past that point. There's there's a couple of these weird things in the the globe. You know, the, I think they said there was one in, was it Buffalo, New York or something like that that does some weird sound stuff. I think so, yeah. But anyway, but this one particular, you stand in that spot and basically people, you can talk and nobody can hear you. The, uh, there was a, a homeless woman who said like people go in there to talk to God and because they, they can they feel free and un- unencumbered to speak because they know right. nobody's going to hear them, right? So did it's we, a very powerful p- location. Did we disc- uh, Did we find out if, if was it designed that way or was it just they natural? Found that way? It. It's, they it's found a natural that way. Aco- um, phenomenon. The, the, the thing I want to know is how did they find that out? Like, where two people walking in and somebody steps there and they say something and they're like, "Dude, I didn't hear a word you just said," and then boom. Like, I didn't look to see how when they discovered the location. Right. But it would be interesting, like, because if they discovered it after they had already built the, the, city? T- the city and then it just happened to be just where everything was placed created that yeah i mean or was a, it always there they built the city around it and it still didn't affect I, 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 I'll, I'll pull it up right now All center right, of the up. universe okay so it's it's like i said it's an acoustic anomaly um they have a festival for it but i can't seem to find when they discovered it so it is what it is right Nah, let's move yeah, <laughs> but it's still worth going to check it out because I want to see how. Yeah, how no, totally. Yeah, so but let's let's. So now he's actually he 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 gets hung up on, and now he you see him walking out. He goes there. It's it's middle of the night. Yeah, nobody's around already, and uh, let's hear it. Yeah, let's listen to this. I stopped seeing her. Because it was too hard on her. No. I stopped seeing her because it was too hard on me. I love you. I quit on you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The general has a heart. That's a pretty emotional scene right there. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, you know how it is. This is, I think this is one of the reasons why people gravitate and enjoy mafia, um, shows and movies because right. they, a lot of time they show that there's a level of emotion these tough hard killers usually have and yeah. the loyalty to their family like he's doing self-therapy there he's not going on a couch you know he's not tony soprano in that sense but he's like right self he's he's saying sorry is is tough for men right and saying right. sorry is really tough for a tough guy right yeah. a mafia guy you know i bet you i bet you if we were to deep dive this right now out of all of 
Sylvester, Sylvester Stallone's roles, mm-hmm. how many girls has he cried over? I bet you this would be wow. number two. Adrian. Adrian. <laughs> and then his daughter. Yeah. I mean, you have a daughter, I have a daughter. There's the, that's the, the relationship father-daughter is very yeah. profound. And yeah. obviously, when you haven't seen her in 18 years, he just he just can't hold it in. So he goes to a place where he feels where he's he can release what he wants to release. And right. no, nobody's going to hear because he's in the center of the universe yeah. in Tulsa. You know, this acoustical anomaly allows right. him to be unencumbered and have this cathartic moment and just release, you know, what he would want, like what he would want to tell her, yeah. right? No, but he's too big of a guy, too tough of a guy to tell her, so he has to do it here. It's a, it's definitely, it's a powerful scene. He does a great job, and you know what? Because we've already seen episodes in this in this mm-hmm. show, I this scene right here might give you more insight onto why he does something later on because yeah. of the guilt that he's already carrying. Yeah, to then it it manifests. Yeah, which we'll talk about that in yeah. the in the next episode. Um, so episode two again laying more groundwork. Yeah, but you see an emotional side to Dwight. Yeah, and um, there was some good comic relief. You see some stuff building up with with Armand, who who obviously something's going on there, and uh, and you know Dwight kind of s- squashed the beef with Vince with Chicky with the hundred grand, but you still see some st- some stuff brewing there as well. Yeah, yeah. So let's let's go and dive into episode three. Yeah, episode three. What's the title? Caprice. Caprice. All right. So this is where we meet another variable in Dwight's time here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. This is the first time we meet the black McAdams. It's a biker gang. The opening of this episode, you see Stacy, the ATF agent, at a raid at a guy's kind of, they're surrounded this podunk house in the middle of freaking nowhere guy has like yeah. a billion dogs and obviously i think, I think it's like four but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's a lot of dogs for one house yeah one guy one house right so um and then you see somebody pull up on a bike and you know a weird looking dude too what's the guy's name that, uh, that so plays him this guy oh richie Co- uh coster now you remember him from the the Dark Knight, right? He was he was one of the bad guys that in the you know in that bad guy meeting with the Joker comes in and you when know, he slams the guy's head into the pencil. Exactly. Yeah. But he's the one. He's the one that says he wants to hear the clown. You know, he does a, his weird accent in that one. So it's the same actor. Okay. Um, and then. He he's you saw him in Dark Knight. He it was it was okay in Dark Knight, and they burned the money at the end. You you, you know you remember I know the character now, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So he's been in a couple of different things. He was in another HBO show. Remember that show with Dennis Hoffman about the horse? I think it was called Luck. Yeah, it got canceled after two seasons. One season. I actually season? enjoyed that show. Right? I heard it was really good. And yeah. Had, um, had was some it issues with Gendrick? horses? Yeah, and he played kind of like a a. a, a I don't want to say he was mentally challenged, but he was something was off on him. But he was one of the degenerate gamblers in there, and he played. He does he does really good character roles. So anyway, okay. So he you see him pull up, and he yells something to the guy, and then the guy releases his dogs, and he blows the shack, blows it up. Well, he uh, if I remember correctly, he yells at the guy. Uh, looks like they got you backed up in a corner. Yeah, and. Yeah. 
you know, blows and that, he blows that he blows himself up in the house, and probably yeah. because there was a bunch of contraband. Oh, of course, and you know, evidence against yeah. um, the McAdams. McAdams, yeah. So obviously, right off the bat, you're introduced to this guy, and you're like, okay, obviously he's the leader of the gang, right? And he has a lot of power and influence to convince a guy to blow himself up with all the evidence. So he's going to be a player, obviously, right? Player, player. Now, fast forward. It's Dwight's driving test. He <laughs> great in, uh, driving instructor is a cool, not a cool, but an interesting character, obviously. So they're driving through doing his test in the SUV and someone pulls up to the side and he starts spraying the car. With really really quick, really quick. You know, I took my test yeah. during El Nino. Really? Do you remember El Nino? That's well, how old we are? El Nino? Okay. I heard of El Nino. I remember hearing well, about right. El Nino. You didn't live out here. I didn't live out here, so I never experienced El I took Nino. my driving test during El Nino. You're going to have to explain and to everybody what the hell that is. Oh, it's just, it was just a giant storm in the 90s. Okay. Um, I, that's really all I remember. Rain? I just remember it was, rain, it, was down, it was a downpour rain, and I got, the only point that I got minus off or whatever was because I took my mom's car, and she didn't, her defroster didn't work in the car. Okay. Oh. And that so the windows started fogging up a little yeah, bit yeah. while we were driving and, and yeah. the instructor didn't like give you any issue with that. A uh, little bit could have probably maybe failed me because of it. But <laughs> anyways, driving test El Nino. Now you know a little bit more about me. Yeah. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> so now the shooter who we we find out is Armand, right. right? So he 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 you know fight or flight, right? He knows Dwight. He thinks Dwight's here to kill him. Yeah. So he's like, you know what? I'm gonna kill him before he kills me interesting take but he goes and he fills the car and he he doesn't hit anything he doesn't kill dwight he doesn't even kill the instructor no he he hits well the the shards from the glass is it shards cuts, from glass i thought maybe the, the bullet oh. might have grazed his okay, head or maybe something it grazed maybe him. maybe yeah. well, either not, way not terrible shot terrible shot yeah right it was a pretty it was a it was a it's fun close. chase scene yeah yeah, yeah. and yeah. then dwight kind of like is like Again, fight or flight, he's definitely going to fight. He goes and he goes through Tulsa's trying to find the guy, that, catch him. Yeah, that's one of those scenes, though, where it's like made for TV. Where are the cops? Yeah. Nobody saw this at all. Nobody tried to <laughs> filming this. No one puts out their phones. The way yeah. the way today is right now, and I no know, one busts right? out a cell phone video. Or cameras. There's cameras everywhere. Right. Like, like literally. Not in Tulsa. Not, guess, not even a bank camera to I catch not. him on the Tulsa. streets. Nothing, no. right? Go so, to Tulsa. <laughs> right? So now... Uh, uh, Armand gets away, but Dwight gets a license plate. Right. Let's not forget a okay. partial. Yeah, but how does he? How does he save the partial? <laughs> how does he? How does he, he pulls, imprint that to his memory? He is pulling the blood off of the the driving instructor and writing it right. on the windshield. Drive, yeah, right. With the stuff. Yeah. Like now, now <laughs> you want to talk about bad policing? Like now the police come right. Wouldn't they be like, why are there numbers written on your windshield, like, yeah. in blood? Right. Like, what's this about? No, right. no, nah, not at all. Nothing, right? So he has this partial, and obviously the car is the car has kind of gotten wrecked. And, so he has bullet holes, and he got a couple of, you know, scratches and dings from the car chase. Right. Right? He Everybody survives. Everything's okay. Now we... um we see the scene actually that we're going to play is um tyson right yeah I, I, it's it seems like it's it's next day and yeah he meets tyson for breakfast yeah it looks like they're in a diner like, yeah, it looks like a run down denny's yeah. yeah and basically he's you know he's basically going to cash tyson out 
Yeah. Right? Here's your severance package. Yeah. Um, it's getting a little more dangerous day. than I thought. Yeah, let's listen. Yeah. What's this? Your severance. <laughs> you see the bullet holes in that car? The missing windows where your head could have been? Yeah, I seen it. Now, I'm not here to get you killed. It's bad enough that thing was parked in front of your house all night. God forbid your mother, your sister, somebody walks by and gets mistaken for me. Look, I hear you, okay? I'm just saying that I'm willing to pay my dues. What dues? Look, I know you think I'm some punk-ass bitch, but I'm not. I'm willing to put the work in. Just give me a chance. Listen, kid, I'm not a kid. I'm 25 years old. I get it. God, I wish I was 25 years old again. <laughs> I know. I'd call myself a kid. Yeah. So Tyson is obviously infatuated with this new lifestyle, right? Yeah, I mean, it's probably the most it's the most exciting thing that's ever happened to him in his life. Yeah, in Tulsa. It's also uh, once you learn more about him later on, it seems like it's the most he's ever had going for him. Yeah, he's hanging out with this dude. He feels a level of responsibility. He yeah. has money. And he's obviously rebuffing all of this. He he, he wants to continue, yeah. and this it's another, giving him a purpose. A, it gives him a purpose, right. yeah. And for Dwight, again, you see now again the heart. Like he cares for this kid, obviously, in a very short time. That like he he doesn't see him as just another disposable asset that he's he's accumulated here in Tulsa. He actually generally cares for the kid, gives him a fat envelope, and says, "Move on with your life. I don't want to get you killed." And again, with the whole mobster thing with the family, I don't. Then I definitely don't want your mom to get hurt in a situation like this. So again, right. you're seeing the general has a really good good heart in that sense. So Tyson convinces him, and he's like, "Okay." You can still be the right-hand man. I want another navigator, not black, and I want it for free. And he now he charges Tyson to go and do that. And obviously, and he does it because we, we don't see. Yeah, they don't show we you don't that. We don't see the that interaction, but he that. gets that. He gets it. Now, I guess Bodie's having a party in the back of. Yeah, that's, that's the, kind of the spot. It's, it's kind of a weird scene. Yeah, it's like a party, I guess, or uh, I don't know. Yeah, They're testing I mean, new merchandise. <laughs> I, I think I don't know. Maybe it's you know, it's kind of like the wine guys next door, where you know they yeah. have like this tasting, tasting, tasting yeah. event. Yeah. Not really too sure. It's the whole event is set up just so you can see the general um, Dwight get his new uh, new money making idea. Yeah, because he sees the two guys. They're um, doing oh, nitrous. It's like four dudes. Yeah, there's yeah. Uh, it's nitrous out of the balloon. Yeah. He asks him how much you can get out of a tank, and then he put, does many, the math. And then he's what you see the genius in his head again, yeah. as far as like at least with numbers and how to like come yeah. up with all this crap. He even says it. He's like, "I love, I love numbers." Yeah, you but know? you know, it's it it it's working for him. Like he's he's got the the gears moving so fast. He already knows where he's gonna get the nitrous. Yeah, he goes and meets up with Mitch, the bar owner yeah. that we met in the first episode. They yeah. kind of hit it off right away. Yeah, he, you know, did Mitch, you know? Did you know that restaurants can get nitrous? No, I, it makes sense for them to do balloons, right? I didn't know that. First of all, I'm to sound kind of naive, and I'm I'm kind of now dating myself like an old uh, old father. I didn't even know this was a thing where you get the tanks and you selling balloons five bucks a pop to get high. I mean, I didn't know that was a thing until I saw this. Yeah, I, I'm out of that kind of world. A, I had a friend in high school that used to do it, and yeah, he he did one so bad. He was in my room. Um, he got blue, like we thought he was gonna die. Damn. It was really, oh, wow. really freaky weird. But yeah. that was like, you know, back in high school. I haven't seen anybody do it since high school. Yeah, so I, I didn't, didn't know I didn't know it was like a popular thing to do now. Yeah. So now Dwight he so he recruits Mitch to use the restaurant to order a ton of these tanks. It tells Bodie, hey, you guys are gonna sell 
all these there's there's a music festival that's coming so they're gonna just gonna sell them in the parking lot at the music festival right uh, a great idea and then i, I think he, he ran the numbers because i think Bodie told him 100 grand he's gonna make of, 100 yeah, grand out of, out of yeah. one tank you can make 350 balloons so you know you do the math they they escalated that very quickly yeah i think he goes and gets 10 tanks right something like that yeah yeah, yeah 10 takes somehow it's gonna um it's gonna add up to around 100 grand yeah so it's it's and it's a what two-day festival yeah two or three days festival yeah either way two or three days you're making 100 grand i mean that's just i mean so for nothing let's think about it so let's <laughs> just say you do this he probably kicks back um what's he got like five six people working for him now yeah each person gets maybe a grand. Let's just say two. Let's say yeah. he's generous. Yeah. Shit. Let's just say he gets each guy a three grand. If it's three days, three grand for each. You get a grand a day. So it's five guys, 15 grand. Yeah. You weigh 15 grand. You keep 85 grand for three days worth of work. Smooth. Doing, he, we're doing he, the wrong a, thing. Yeah. Now. He's a money maker. I mean, as soon as he landed, he, got, he made 20% off of uh, a weed dispensary. You know how many dispensaries we have in LA now? <laughs> Dude, the guy made more money. <laughs> In like that one scene yeah. than I did last year. Exactly. Last I mean, year. Organized with everything crime, that's been going man. on. Yeah. So now I'm gonna so, I'm gonna edit that out. Of course. So now Dwight <laughs> Dwight has Dwight now has has um that business venture humming on its he got it all set up. Right. Now he goes in, he visits the instructor in the hospital. Because you remember he has a partial yeah, plate. He, he uses his knowledge, yeah. He wants you know his connections. His yeah. connections at the DMV to give me him who is um, the driver of that car, right? And of course, once this happened, the shooting, Stacy, who's obviously, you know, is falling hard for the general here, meets up with him again. 75 years of meat. And they have sex again, right? Meets yeah. him up again. She likes what she sees. Kinda, I don't know what's going on. It could seem like it happened a little too easily. She yeah. was very distraught the first time, yeah. and yeah. then she stumbles back in. But we're starting to see that she has like issues because when she was she she called her friend in 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 the FBI to give her more information on him, and she's kind of like calling around on her BS, like right. like. So we've we kind of know that she's seeing a psychiatrist already. We've seen that already. Yeah, um, she you find out a little bit more. The yeah, reason she has why, some drinking issues. Well, she's seeing the psychiatrist because of nine eleven. It's actually kind of a yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of thing. an interesting story. Yeah, how they tie in her uh, experience with nine eleven, yeah. and then when she sees uh, uh, Sully, the 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 pilot Sully. That's what yeah. she's talking about when he when that that whole scene. Yeah, and I guess she's she there for that, and so she has like basically yeah, you know, she overreacts. PTSD. It's another thing. Yeah. yeah. So, she gets all she gets a little crazy about so it. So she got banished too. So it's yeah. two, you know, lost puppies that found each other in Tulsa, Oklahoma, right? Both it's more, banished it's more like from New a York. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> two pitbulls. Yeah. Right. So so she's in the 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 police are investigating, but Dwight wants to find this guy before because he doesn't know at this stage if it's New York who's who put a hit on him. Obviously, actually, he probably thinks it is. It's 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 Vince. No, he does. He calls him. He calls him. Yeah, he's, he he's, thinks it's New York. He's, he's, he's convinced it's definitely it's him. New yeah. York. He thinks it's New York who's who put on a hit on him, right? Yeah. So he gets he gets the license plate information and basically f he stakes him out at a ranch. It's like a dude ranch, and it's Armand. Well, in the follows him. Home. Well, in the well, they. Uh, they find the car. It's been burnt yeah, out. Yeah, he burnt out. Yeah, and so... Oh, right, you're right. Yeah, he burns he, the... Uh, he finds a piece of leather with the logo. With the logo of the ranch, yeah. Horrible police work, right? 
Or did the police not even find it yet? I I feel like maybe in Tulsa, there's a lot of cars just being like abandoned and burned, <laughs> burned down, right? They don't and yeah, care. so maybe they maybe well, they weren't actually, looking for something like that. They Who knows? did find it, but the problem is they don't know that's the car from the shooting because he didn't give them the license plate. And remember, he told the instructor, "You didn't see anything." So it's not like the instructor was like, "Oh, it's a blue sedan," you know, right. make and model. So they don't. They just found, like you said, a burnt car. They didn't associate that burnt car is the car that was involved in the shooting earlier. Because so, nobody had a cell phone out. <laughs> nobody had a cell phone. No, or no, no bank cameras. No witnesses. No, no bank witnesses, cameras. No nothing. Yeah. So now Dwight gets a lead. It's a. It's an F. They Google or do whatever, and they find out it's a ranch, right? I think it's just like F7 or something. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, a, it's a cowboy ranch. He stakes it out, and he sees who the car was registered to, and he immediately recognized it's Armand, right? Right. Follows him home. And before the episode ends, he's you you think he's about to come out and basically blast him. Yeah. But he sees his son come out and again the general and Italians have, you know, a lot of people say in the the mafia has rules against, you know, the family is off limits, you know, if you have a beef with somebody. So right. he he doesn't leave the car and the episode ends. But you know something bad is about to happen to Mr. Armand for trying to kill because he's trying to get information right he wants to know was yeah. armand hired to come sh kill him from the guys in new york because at the time armand nobody know where this guy has been right he doesn't even know he was in tulsa so right that's how the episode ends so a lot of groundwork is obviously set up here yeah you, you, you think you don't know if new york's involved here trying to kill him you you briefly met the bikers with the black McAdams. Yeah. And and you, you see Dwight working on the business side of things. You know, he's already gotten so through these first three episodes, he's already gotten, you know, twenty percent from the dispensary, got him a better deal, and now he's working on this nitrous deal. Uh, with the festival fast approaching. And right. that's how the three episodes are culminated. So well, a lot to, is happening here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's got got a decent amount of things going on yeah. with uh, the mafia. The biker guys, uh, uh, trying to, uh, I guess, start rebuilding a relationship with his daughter. Yeah. Uh, meeting the girl, uh, meeting Stacy yeah. from uh, ATF. Yeah. There's uh, a lot going on in this guy's world. A lot going on in this guy. He thought Tulsa was going to be boring. <laughs> Not so much. It's no, I think he's, I think he, looking at his character from the first episode to this episode it yeah. seems like he's probably having a good time a lot of stuff's yeah. happening for him even yeah. though he's getting shot at I, it's things are happening for him get the adrenaline pumping yeah <laughs> yeah so uh next next episode we're gonna dive into episodes four five and six yeah you but know, so far let me ask you a question do you think uh sly stallone is uh holding up holding his up? End, of the yeah. end of the bardigan honestly uh i i'm stunned i don't know maybe because i'm older that i'm enjoying a show where the lead character is so old like 75 years old Dude, he and does not, not seem that old that's I this know. is what money does for you yeah it preserves you yeah <laughs> carbonite <laughs> yeah just ask, ask uh, tom cruise he is preserved i know there i mean you could tell he's got some work done you, yeah when they do some close-ups i'm not even sure that's actually his hair his face hardly moves yeah he doesn't have any. His, he doesn't have his, any forehead wrinkles. Yeah, his whole body doesn't move. Yeah. He's very stiff in a lot of things. But, but I, the he's, show is he's, very he's good. killing it. He's doing a great job. Oh, phenomenal so far, job. it's great. And the the cast that's supporting him through this, yeah, everybody's a good pick. It's it's definitely. Yeah, we never really broke down the cast 
in depth, but there's some good, solid Hollywood actors in there. And, you know, as more as we go through more of the season, we'll we'll dive into more of the characters as they you know, pronounces like like Chicky was great on The Wire, right? Right. You know, he was Herc, bald head and all, but he was a great character there, and and he's he's the underboss here, and his you could see his character is growing. Yeah. Um, each episode, so yeah. you know he's going to be deeper. Yeah. As we move forward, I would say a show that stars Sylvester Stallone that's created by the same guy who created Yellowstone, which is Tyler Sheridan, and it's produced and written by Terrence Winter, who. It's, uh, wrote stuff for The Sopranos and he created Boardwalk, Boardwalk Empire. Empire. Excellent. It's it, the show's working. Yeah. Now, is it up to that tier yet yeah. as far as Sopranos and Boardwalk Empire and Yellowstone? No. I don't think it's there is. yet, no. but this has only been three episodes. We still. It's hard to. Like yeah. Sopranos, you know, you know, for me, Sopranos is top three of all time. So it's hard to compare anything to Sopranos. You got to be like. And this will never reach like there. in just like mafia drama or no TV everything period. Yeah, they're top three. Sopranos. We should do a podcast that just like debates that kind of stuff and yeah. bring in a couple of our friends and maybe yeah, just we're ask gonna do a people. top five podcast because there's a lot them? of shows. I I love Sopranos. I've I love Sopranos, but to say that it's the top three of all time for me, Sopranos, Game of Thrones. And the wire with you breaking still give bad. it to Game of Thrones? Still? Yeah, still. And and Breaking Bad is knocking on the door as my heart like in the in the top five. But trying to get into that three, I gotta rewatch it and see if I push it back up. Have you watched uh, Better Call Saul? No, I haven't I haven't had time to to touch that yet. But I know it's gonna be yeah, awesome. Yeah, me neither. But I, I heard it was phenomenal. Yeah. You know? My uh my father in law my and my uh mother in law watch it. Yeah, I mean Breaking Bad they said it was really great. Good. They said it was awesome. Yeah, so. so it's on it's on my list of many things. Yeah. All right, let's uh let's wrap this up and uh get on out of here. So we just did episode one, two, and three of uh Tulsa King. So far, Stallone holds up, so that's good. Um, also don't forget to check out our podcast of The Last of Us, airs on January 15th. Uh check that out, it should be a lot of fun. And uh we'll see you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Still Holds Up, a Rot Your Brain podcast. Subscribe to the Still Holds Up podcast feed at rotyourbrainmedia.com slash stillholdsup. Follow us on Twitter at rot underscore your brain and support Rot Your Brain Media and its podcast by being a part of this exciting new and growing community. Visit patreon.com slash rotyourbrainmedia.com.